0: Almighty God, we come before you this morning thanking you and praising your name that you've given us that privilege. You've given us the honor to come before you as a body. Father, thank you for that. I pray that our hearts came this morning, our minds. I hope that we came to worship you, to give you praise, to give you glory, first and foremost. So, Father, praise be to your name. I thank You for Your truth. I thank You for the Word that You have given us. Father, I thank You for what it does in the heart of the believer and in the heart of a sinner. Father, Your Word is changing people. It's the only thing that can. Your truth pierces. Your truth cuts. Your truth heals. Father, help us to see this this morning, help us to hear this, help us to focus on what it, what it is, what it's like, what it looks like to live a life abiding in you, my Lord and Savior. So Father, guide and direct me this morning, use me according to your will and for your purpose and for your glory, hide me behind the cross, Father, may everything that I speak this morning be what you have given me to say ultimately god my prayer is that you be glorified and honored in it all we praise you and thank you For in jesus name amen well guys good to see you today uh i hope everyone had a a good thanksgiving and, and and time with your your family and um uh i hope that you took time to uh to uh to be thankful uh um, man, we are we are so blessed, and I know I know we hear that all the time. Uh, I wonder sometimes if we listen, we hear it, but I wonder sometimes if we listen. Uh, today, we are actually going to start back in Hebrews chapter six, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and give you a heads up. Um, <clears throat> as I was going through this, I was telling the elders this morning, read through this probably as much as 15 times uh, in the last two days. <clears throat> meditated on it, prayed over it, thought about it. I got commentary. I'm certainly going to share some commentary and some thoughts with you today as well. But Scripture says what Scripture says. And uh, in all honesty, every time I've read chapter 6 of Hebrews, um, you can get into this debate. In fact, one commentator you are here today actually says this is one of the great debates of Scripture. And it is we're going to be talking about uh, and, and our focus will be on those who were enlightened. Those who seen, those who heard and tasted. It's, it's the appearance of uh they they were enlightened with everything that, that draws you to Christ, that helps you to know God. And yet he's talking about they're in danger, they're in danger of falling away. And he makes this comment that, uh, I don't know about you, but this makes chills run up and down my spine. There's a comment made in Scripture here that says that it's impossible for them to be brought back to repentance. Now, I don't know about you, but when I read something like that, it instantly causes me to start investigating my life. Amen? it instantly causes me to hit my knees and and, and go and like uh, because i don't i don't know about you there are days <laughs> there are days i seem to feel as though i got it together to a degree anybody else i i got it together i'm learning i'm growing uh my life is revealing christ it is it is uh you know imitating him i'm i'm uh, sharing i'm talking i'm uh uh intense intentionally seeking lost people to talk to uh there there's their days those there are those days, and then there are days that I feel like I'm so far away from God. Can anybody relate to that other than just me? I just feel like i am so far away from God, so when you read a passage like this and and I, I say this kind of lightly but not so lightly when you read a passage like that this uh, god uh would I be one of those that has, have been enlightened, have seen, have tasted, have heard your truth, and yet I'm not following you? So let's jump into the Scripture. Like I said, I'm going to share a commentary. We're not going to get done today. We may not get none next week or the week we may not get done before Christmas with chapter six. I don't know. But I'm gonna actually start back. I'm gonna back, back up and start in verse eleven of chapter five is where I want to start so that we can kind of build the foundation for all this. Because the writer to the Hebrews is speaking to just that the Hebrews, he's speaking to them in a way and telling them uh, he's he's saying, "Hey guys, y'all are y'all are falling, y'all are falling behind. You're being weak. You're being basically way I understand is you're being lazy. You're being lazy. You're still you're 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 still sucking on the biblical bottle, if you will, when you should be sitting at the the plate with meat on it." And so that's kind of the way of you. So I'm going to read verse 11 of chapter 5 all the way down to chapter 6, verse 8. And that's where we'll stop. Don't know if we'll get to uh, hit every one of these verses today. But uh, I want to address this. This is uh, going beyond the basics. And before I start reading, let me say this. <clears throat> there are some who don't understand the basics. So I'm not in no way saying that the basics are not important and not needed. You have to have the basics. In fact, we can, we can look in Scripture and says basically the basics is the foundation in which God will build a structure on. So the basics are necessary, right? And I and I think it's great and I think it's good and I think it's right to every once in a while be reminded of those basics, amen? I, th- I think, you know, uh, we need that. But what he's saying here, they're not going beyond the basics. They're not learning. They're not listening. You're, in fact, he actually says you're not hearing. You're not listening. You're not paying attention. It's kind of like this, um, and and I've heard this said before. Actually, that uh, as long as I got enough Jesus to get to heaven, that is the pardon me the stupidest response that you could ever give you want enough jesus just to get to heaven well let me tell you you have no jesus if that's your goal if that's your mindset one more thing jesus did not come to this earth to save us and take us to heaven wait we're just saying, He didn't come to this earth to save us so he could take us to heaven. He came to this earth so that we may know him and we live like him. Heaven is a benefit of knowing him. Heaven is a benefit of knowing him. He didn't come just to cast a net, drag a bunch of people in so he could take them and live in eternity with, him, with them. He came to save them. And He came that, that we may know our Father. And our, God's, God's purpose and goal is to make those He has gathered up, to make them like Jesus. To make them like Jesus. So without further ado, let's read the Scripture. And uh, we'll jump in and, and, and hit a little commentary. So here we go. I'm just going to read straight out of Bobby Y'all can follow along. Can we get chapter 5? Verse 11, did I, I, I hope I put that, yeah. yeah. Y'all read along with us, and uh we're going all the way to verse 9 in chapter 6. So here we go. There is much more we would like to say about this. What they were talking about is telling them about Jesus and the order of deck. they're explaining all this, uh, Christ our high priest. So there's much more we'd like to tell you about this, but it is difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to, Listen, you have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you, again, the basic things about God's Word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. Chapter 6. So let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. You don't need further instruction about baptisms, laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And so God willing, God willing, we will move forward to further understanding. For it is impossible to bring back to repentance those who were once enlightened those who who have, have experienced the good things of heaven and shared in the holy spirit who have tasted the goodness of the word of god and the power of the age to come and who then turn away from god it is impossible to bring such people back to repentance by rejecting the Son of God, they themselves, are nailing him to the cross once again and holding him up to public shame. When the ground soaks up the falling rain and bears a good crop for the farmer, it has God's blessing. But if a field bears thorns and thistles, it is useless. The farmer will soon condemn it, condemn that field, and burn it verse 9 changes a little bit but we're going to wait to get there okay uh he 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 says something but but we're in the middle of uh uh if you will a uh, hey wake up a uh, hey pay attention uh a uh, hey you're in danger of uh you're not listening you're not taking on uh what is the purpose of a foundation it is to build right i mean who is dumb enough to go and build a foundation and never build anything on it That doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. So when you lay a foundation, and we know this, the foundation is the most important part of the structure, right? It has to hold the entire structure up. So that is important, but it's always built upon. And God lays the foundation and he begins to build wall by wall and electrical outlet by electrical outlet and light by light and switch by switch. He puts those things and he builds upon it. We need to understand that. As in reading Scripture, as in studying, as in drawing close to God, in communing with God, we need to move forward in our understanding, our knowledge, our wisdom of God. I've told you guys this before. When God takes me home, if I know enough about Scripture that will fill up a thimble, I will be totally amazed. Really. Meaning this, there's going to be those who know much more than you do. I believe God will give me everything I need to uh, pursue, to follow after, and to fulfill the plan he has for me, and then it'll be done. That isn't my point uh, at all about the level of knowledge. My point being today, how do we live in it? What we know, what we understand, what God has enlightened us to see. How are we living in that? how often do we seek out the lost i mean literally go and seek out the lost and literally make a point to have a conversation with that person literally love that person and and scream to the top of our lungs so to speak um uh, you know to share the hope of christ i made this statement not too long ago to someone that uh i was talking about said well you know god uh god you know is about loving and, and and absolutely who would agree with me that there is no greater love than the love of god it can conquer all things right absolutely <clears throat> but love does not mean you let someone go on their way when they're headed towards hell and when they're headed towards destruction it's like who loves to sit and watch a fire anybody just just me. Uh you ever notice the colors in fire, the the purple, the blue, the the orange, and sometimes they'll get intense. I can be mesmerized by the flame. I really can. I can sit there and just look at it and you could shoot a cannon beside my ear uh, aside from the point that I'm deaf. I wouldn't I wouldn't even shake. And so but I made the point, you get to looking at the flames, you get to going towards it, you get to loving the things of the world, you get to loving them so much that you're walking to hellfire, you're walking to damnation, you're walking to destruction. Who in their right mind would just watch someone walk into the flames? Now, I don't know. God God does the saving. God does the redeeming. God does the restoring. God does the calling. I don't know. But is is it not... Our job, is it not our duty? Is it not uh, what God intends for us to do to, to at least holler and scream and take that person by the hand and at least share the hope of Christ? I don't know who said this, but it was some evangelist I was listening to a long time ago. He said, people that God puts in front of me, they may burn in hell. They may, they may burn in hell, but they're going to know Jesus before they go to hell. That makes sense? And when I say no, they're going to be enlightened. They're going to be told about the hope that is in Jesus Christ. They're going to know about him. Now, the saving part, that's up to God. Only he can save a soul. But we should know and learn. And the reason I make that such a big deal is because I've never seen a baby anywhere uh, out. Administering and giving out and sharing the gospel. It, it just, right? It takes some maturity. You got to know what you're talking about, right? I mean, you know, there's enough false stuff out there about Jesus now that, and people are buying into it. You got to understand. So where do I get clear understanding? Are you going to share the world's gospel? Because believe me, guys, our
1: nation has a gospel about Jesus. They've invented one, but it's not the true gospel. It's not God's gospel. It's a different gospel. What did Paul say about that? Don't buy
0: into those things. Don't listen to those things. How do you recognize a false gospel if you're not, built, if you're not having God build the foundation upon the, the very boundaries, the very foundation he made? If we're not knowing and understanding, how do we, how do we know? How do we know? So let's jump into some commentary. I just want to share this with you. I'm kind of read through this pretty quickly. Um, but this is going like beyond the basics. So therefore the writer of Hebrews rebuked his readers for their spiritual immaturity, but he knew that nothing was gained by treating them as immature. So you gotta sit back down and and you know we got we gotta talk about this again. So he he's he's saying he understands by treating them like you Idiot, you know, that's going to get you nowhere. He continued with his instructions and warnings. So he continues to give these instructions and warnings. Elementary principles says this has the idea of ABCs. It's very basic. It's the building blocks. And they are necessary, but they must be built upon. Um, Otherwise, you only have a foundation and no structure. I don't believe God's ever saved one soul that he didn't intend to do something with. Let me clarify that a little bit. God's never saved one soul that he didn't intend to build his house upon. That makes sense? So if somebody tells me they saved and they're they're good with that and and they just want to sit around with a bunch of peers and and just the foundational stuff, I, I get really concerned for those individuals. The whole purpose of a foundation is to be built upon. So perfection... This ancient Greek word, and I think it's teletos or teletis or something like that, but I can tell you what it means, which is much better understood as maturity. Let me share this with you. I was going to wait till the end, but I, I feel like this is a good point to share it. We're going to get into something in just a little bit. We're going we're to gonna kind of go through a little guessing game to see if these people were actually saved or not. Now, I don't know. It's like I've told you before. I go talk to people and they tell me they know Jesus and I can look at them. I can listen to them. And sometimes, you know, a keen sense of discernment will, will, will get you to thinking, but guys, I have no zipper on people. I can unzip them, look at them, say, yep, he's good, and zip him back up. It doesn't work that way. It just doesn't work that way. There are some religious people. Here, here's one. I'm not going to call the guy's name, but I listened to podcast after podcast after podcast. And this guy would address some of the most difficult questions and some of the most difficult issues in scripture. And I would listen to this guy even grab my Bible and follow along with him. And, and it was like, yeah, he is sharing the truth. No doubt he, he addressed, you know, murder and homosexuality, and he, he addressed all the culture's downfalls, and biblically he would address them. He, he's passed away now, and after he passed away, found out that he was living a different life than what he was speaking. Now, is he, was he saved? Did he, did he fall away? I can't make that call. I don't know. God knew his heart. I just use that as this: there is some <sighs> i don 't know exactly how to how to put it. there is some solid teaching that can come through an unsolid source that makes sense so here's what i'm saying that's the reason I, I encourage us to look at the evidence, to watch how we live. Because I'm telling you, if you're just speaking the words and not living, you know, how do they say it? If you're not, if you're talking the talk but not living the walk, there's something wrong, right? And you don't have to have anybody else tell you that.
1: Who's the first one to know that you're not honoring God? Me. Now, will I admit it? Well, no, You know, I, but but
0: literally, literally, who's the first one to know? If God has your heart, I am a firm believer that he will knock you on the back of the head when you're going in the wrong direction and say, no, I believe God watches over his children, and I believe God leads and guides his children. not saying that we'll be doing everything perfect, but God is walking with us. All I'm saying is there is evidence that God owns you. God owns you. Why can't I stand around and and joke like that? Why can't I do those things? Why can't, uh, you know, why do I feel like my head's on fire when I start watching a certain thing? Why do I feel so um, like I'm offending God if I participate? Why is those things in me? Well, it's because
1: you belong to God, and he is in you. So look at the evidence.
0: I believe this, and after reading this passage, I'm going to say this at least with a degree of confidence. I believe people can live a Christian life that's not saved in front of Christians so well that the Christian will be convinced that they may be a Christian. Y'all didn't get all that, did you? You hear? You hear? I believe that people can, can read Scripture, and I believe that they can, in
1: other words, let's shorten it up. They can fool you. They can fool you. Discernment helps. Have you ever said this? Have you ever
0: said, um, I've talked with this man or woman numerous times, and it's it's not like this big thing, but something's just not right. You know we would say in the farming world, there's a bearing somewhere that's just not right. there's a little bit of squeak, but I can't find it, but I know something's wrong something's not something's not on the up and up discernment god God gives it to us, but let's let's be honest. our enemy is crafty.
1: <laughs> And there are people following him that look like they're following Jesus. It's called deception. Be
0: warned. So here we go. He goes on talking about maturity. As you mature, there will be evidence. The writer of Hebrews did say that we cannot reach perfection on this side of eternity. Do we really need to say that? That's evident, right? But that we can and should reach a place of maturity in Jesus. The call is plain. Let's go on. To perfection, we will not be perfected on this side of eternity, but we can be drawn and being grown in perfection. God is perfecting His child every day. Those who abide in Christ, who listen to Him, who follow the teachings of Christ, who uh, listens, prays, reads, communicates for God, they are being led on to perfection. What does that look like in our life? And I'll use a simple little illustration uh, for sake of time. Uh, I don't do what I used to do because it doesn't honor God. That makes sense? That's just one. I don't do what I used to do because it doesn't honor God. God's revealed that to me, and I have been uh, drawn out of that, um, that situation has been brought to perfection. And, and the reason I know that is because God did it. I look back and I, d- I don't desire it anymore. That sin makes me sick. And so he is given me another little piece of perfection. He is perfecting me as I go.
1: He goes on to talk about, um, the, the maturity that he's talking about doesn't mean complete
0: knowledge, but a certain maturity in the Christian. Our maturity will be in Jesus, and it will be plain to see claim to see, moving forward, growing us up, developing, developing maturity. Uh, there again, I don't want you to think about, don't want you to look about or look about at anybody else. I want you to think about yourself in front of a mirror, in God's mirror. I want you to think about you. Is there any changing? Is there anything that lines up with Scripture? Is are you not today what you were yesterday because of something that God has shown you and something He's doing in you? in a way that he's changed you, is there a difference? There is evidence for the one following Christ that life is changing. I hate what I used to love, and now I love what I used to hate. Because if you wasn't of God, you hated God. You were his enemy. But I hate what I used to love, and now I love what I used to hate. I love God. He made the statement that uh, God willing, God willing, a different translation of the Bible here, but in verse three, he says, if God permits. So this shouldn't be taken as implying that God may not want them to go uh, on to maturity past those basic common uh, to Christianity and Judaism. If God permits, instead, this expresses the believer's complete dependence on God. If we do press on uh, to maturity, we realize it only happens at God's pleasure, and by God's hand. If you're being protect, pro, pro, yeah. If you're being perfected, it's God doing that. You do know this, right? I can't claim one thing that's happening right in my life is my doing. God, God's done that. Reason number three, seven to praise God. If He has changed something in you, you know, we're coming fastly upon the New Year's resolution time. Uh, I'd rather than make a resolution, because ain't nobody going to lose weight this this year. So anyway, rather than making a resolution, you'll make it, but you're going to lie to yourself. Rather than that, stop, think about what all God has done in your life, and make your new resolution this year to praise the holy name of God of the things He's changed in you. If you look back and you don't see any change, fall face down in repentance in front of God and, and ask him to show you what you need to repent of. But if you've been following God in 2022, something's happening in you inside of you something's happened with you you know a little more uh you you understand a little more uh you have started living in what you have learned Uh, you have started praising god for that 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 cleansing that perfecting something has taken place so if it's happened it's happened at the hand of god so he goes on and talks about, and this is where I want to get, and I don't know that we'll finish up today. Um, well, I know we're not going to finish. I don't know how far we get, but this is, this is the just I wanted to, uh, of the passage I wanted to spend a little bit of time on. Uh, he says, "For it is impossible to bring back to repentance those who were once enlightened." So let, let's look at the word I want to, the key word here is impossible. What does impossible mean? There we go. Not possible. He uh, gives a little side note here. He said the word "impossible" is put in a position of emphasis. The writer to the Hebrews does not say this is merely difficult, but he says it is without possibility. It is impossible. It's pretty, pretty potent, pretty stout. So, what is impossible? Let's look at that word for a minute. Uh, And and let's look at some uses right quick that is used in Hebrews. Uh, The word impossible is used in Hebrews. First of all, in Hebrews 6.18, it is impossible for God to lie. In Hebrews 10.4, it is impossible that the blood of bulls and goats can take away sin. In Hebrews eleven six, 6, it is impossible to please God without faith. I want to read that one one more time. It is impossible to please God without faith. The word impossible stands immovable. The writer to the Hebrews speaks of the people with impressive spiritual experiences. The big debate, and here we go, we're going to get into it. The big debate is whether... This is the experience of salvation or the experience of something short of salvation. Looking at each descriptive word will help us kind of weigh this out and, and helps describe it a little better. So we're going to look at each word, okay? Enlightened. What does enlighten mean? Enlightened means it's been brought to light, right? Um, you didn't see the truth. Now you see the truth. If you see the truth, it's been, you've been enlightened. You see it. Um, uh, I, I use this. I can I can think back at the time when um um you know I I was starting to to grasp and listen. I wasn't saved, but I was starting to listen to people and and God was working in, in me. Um but one of the
1: things I would say, one of the first things that God enlightened was I'm a sinner. Dead man walking. I'm in need of a savior. That's one of the first things that I was enlightened with, that the light
0: shone upon, uh, that God's light. Um, because I don't, I don't think repentance would come if you, he didn't shine the light to show you who you are before he gets his
1: hands on you. It's a pitiful picture. It's like looking in a septic tank. Seriously, it's that, that bad. And, and
0: God shows us who we are. Because up until that point, I didn't see a real issue with my life. I was decent. I opened doors for ladies. I would change a flat tire for an old lady. You know, I'd push a buggy out to the car.
1: I, I, would, I would say, Hey, y'all. But I was a sinner, dead in the water,
0: bound for death and destruction. That's what I was.
1: And now I'm a sinner saved by grace. By the power of Almighty God. I praise Him for that.
0: So, the ancient Greek word has the same meaning as the English word. It is described the experience of light shining on someone, of a new light, shining on uh, the mind and the spirit. Tasted, tasted uh, is the idea of taste, uh, tasted or tasting it may mean. Something. But other uses of this word indicate a full real experience as in how Jesus tasted death. Jesus tasted death for us. For us. You've heard it, right? You've heard it. Who should have been nailed to the cross? Who should have been put to death? Me.
1: You. That that was we we were deserving of that. But Jesus tasted death. The heavenly
0: gift is probably salvation. Put up Romans 6.23 right quick. It's probably salvation as in Romans 6.23. He says, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord.
1: So we've, we've tasted partakers of the Holy Spirit. This is a unique term in the New Testament
0: since it means sharing the Holy Spirit. It has to do with receiving and having fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Tasted is... I so want to stop, but i got to get through this so we can go back and, and kind of explain where where this particular commentator and where God has took my thinking. uh, I just just want to get through this for a second. So tasted the good word of God. This means they experienced the goodness of God's word and saw its goodness at work in them. The powers of the age... To come, this is the way. Guy, uh, this is the way to describe God's supernatural power. The writer of Hebrews describes those who experience God's supernatural power. Guys, they sing. One of the most heated debates over the New Testament passages is focused on this text. Here's the question: We we're gonna dive in to the the meatiest part. Okay, this is the question. It, it's simple: Are these people? With these impressive spiritual experiences, in fact, Christians, question, are they God's elect, chosen before the foundation of the world? He goes on to say, commentators divide on this issue, usually deciding the issue with great certainty, but with no agreement. That didn't help me at all. Commentators is discuss this it, with, with with you know as commentators do with with great you know digging in and searching, and yet we get that response.
1: Uh, they divide. So here we go. On the one side, we see clearly.
0: That someone can have great spiritual experiences and not be saved. And this might be where we kind of wind it up for today because it, I, I want to spend time. That's the reason I told you the other week. I wanted to spend time going through all. So Matthew 7, 21 and 23. He says there, there is a, you know, people can have great spiritual experiences. Uh, one can do many religious things and still not be saved. Um, that's the reason you don't make the assumption or you don't guess who is saved and who's not saved. That's God's call, okay? Um, If they are in God, then they will continue to follow God, and you will see that flow. If, like these people I believe that he's speaking of here, if you have mustered up the ability to fool people, sooner or later there will be a hole poked in your facade. It'll be something. You'll crash. And we're going to talk about that in just, just a little bit. So Matthew 7, 21 through 23. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord. And by the way, I tell people sometimes this is one of the scariest passages in Scripture for those who have managed to master a Christian walk in their own strength. This is scary. Listen to what Jesus said to these very people. And their resume or is their, 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 very impressive. Listen to what happened. He says, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do what? Do the will of my Father. Key. That's key. Actually those who do the will of my Father. So I asked you again, let's look in front of the spiritual mirror and not, not saying, well, so-and-so or so-and-so. Me, am I actually doing the will of my Father? That a question needs to be addressed personally to us, me alone. Me alone, am I actually doing that? He says, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of the Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say, and listen, these things happen, okay? This is pretty impressive. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, 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 We prophesied in your name and cast out demons in
1: your name and performed many miracles in your name. But Jesus said he's going to reply this way. But I will reply, I never knew you. I never knew you. Get away from me. You break God's laws. There are some gifted actors
0: in the world who can, who can paint a, a beautiful picture. But when I read this, it got me to the place where I'm not gonna go out and say, Well, you know, I believe they're they're a Christian. I believe they're a Christian. Why, Danny, do you believe they're a- we're well, they gonna do some good stuff, you know, and and you know, I did it just pleasant to talk to. I, I I believe. And I'm not trying to create a doubt. Please don't go out of here and and see a Christian or brother and and I don't want to create doubt like he's probably not one. No, he could very well be one. He could very well be your brother. The only thing that tests uh the truth is walking in it. That's what tests the truth. This, the words of this Bible is completely just words in a, in a book until you put them into practice. When you begin to live them, then they become real. If you want to know that you're following Jesus, back up, look at your life, take note of how you live today, weigh it out with Scripture. That's how you know. Not to mention that God will give you a, a complete peace about where you are. I mean, it, it, it might circumstances might stink, but but you will have this peace that you know that you're following God. He says you break God's laws. The Pharisees, listen to this, so <clears throat> the Pharisees um, did many religious things, but were not saved or submitted to God. So we know that works, Scripture tells you that you're not saved by works, not by the things you do. God is not going to have a notepad when He calls up um, whoever. He calls up, He's not going to have a pad and say, "Mm, well, you got a pretty impressive, you
1: had a really, really, you did a lot of good stuff, but I'm going to send you to hell because you don't come to know me by doing stuff. Good stuff flows out of you
0: because you belong to me good stuff flows out of you because of me good stuff happens that you can never take the glory for or you can never take the credit for you can only look back and say praise be to my heavenly father you can't conjure i mean good things listen go home make a list what do you consider good stuff i'll tell you Nothing, and I'm not a mushy guy. I mean, my my eyes rarely leak, okay, meaning that I don't cry. Uh, But one thing will choke me up and and stir me up more than anything else, really. Uh, One is seeing someone come to Christ, but on on the other side of this, is to see an act of kindness. I mean, I can be walking anywhere, and I'm I'm doing a a genuine act of kindness. Uh, Had a brother tell me the other week that they were eating at a restaurant and said, they noticed a homeless guy coming and sat down and it, it was cool and he was just shivering and shaking and, and you know, uh he looked at him and, and said, I'm sorry, first thought popped in my mind. It's like Yeah, 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 you know. And and then then he got bothered by it. He got bothered by it. this is where I get rainy eyed, okay? This is where I start leaking. It's, he said, but I got bothered by it. So, something in me said, just go get the guy. So he goes and gets the guy, brings him into the restaurant, buys him a cheeseburger, and feeds the guy. Yes! What would Jesus, I'm sorry, this I know, this, you know the whole bracelet thing, I get it. What would Jesus would have done to that guy and with that guy? I think he'd have had a conversation with him. I think he would have sat and talked with him. I think he would have went in and got him a cheeseburger. I, I think he would have, he would have fed him. He would have took cared of him he would have acknowledged who god is to this guy he would have told him who he was i just
1: believe that that's what jesus would do it's one of the evidences that we belong to him
0: anytime we start second guessing whether we should help someone that god has clearly put in front of us we're backing up we're in a bad place you know you hear these things I don't know whether I should. If God puts it in front of you, do it. Just do it. With no with no glory to yourself, just just do it for God's glory. It's one of the toughest things in the world to, to sit down with a stranger and, and begin. It really is. I know as much as I talk, you don't think this would be a problem for me, but it does. It gets to be around, you know, that, that it's just because I, listen to this. Listen how dumb this is. I can meet a stranger or somebody, and I'm sitting there like, okay, God obviously put them in front of me. And, and now the next question, what, what will I say?
1: You talk all the time. What will I say? God, you're gonna to have to give me that.
0: Instruct me in what to say. And God's okay if you start out with, hey man, or hey, dude, he's okay with that. You can break dice with that, okay? Not in the Bible, but it's okay. You start the conversation. Anyway, here we go. Pharisees, they they did all these things. So let me let me share this with you. We'll close for today. Pharisees energetically, this is in Matthew 23:15 energetically evangelized. They were about evangelism. They were evangelizing. They did it energetically. Impressively prayed, Matthew 23, 14. They impressively prayed, made rigorous religious commitments. They were all about following the religious commitments, Matthew twenty three sixteen. Strictly and carefully tithed Matthew 23, 23. Honored religious traditions, Matthew 23, 29, and 31. Practice fasting regularly, Luke 18, 12. Yet, listen to this in Matthew 23, 15. Listen to this.
1: Yet Jesus called them sons of hell. Jesus called them sons of hell. Commentator goes on to, to,
0: to finish up this, this little section here. Said, yet from a human perspective, don't miss that. From a human perspective, it is doubtful that anyone who seemed to have the credentials mentioned in Hebrews 4, I mean 6, 4, and 5, would not be regarded as a true Christian. God knows their ultimate destiny. God knows their heart. And hopefully the individual does also. Yet, from all outward appearance such christian experience might qualify a man to be an elder in a church would y'all believe this if i said it there are elders there are deacons in churches that are serving as elders and deacons and churches that are not saved there is that should never be right that should never be uh, i'm so thankful for a brother of mine uh from a really small church. He's, he's getting ready to, to, uh, to call his first elder. And he, he told me the other week, he said, yep. He said, we've been meeting. And uh, he said, um, uh, it's going on uh, two and a half years. He said, I wanted to sit down. He said, there's some things I needed to see. I don't want to elect an elder that doesn't know Christ. So it took him almost like two and a half years sitting with this guy, questioning this guy, I mean just going through the Scriptures, and I'm like, man, that's it. That's it. That's what I'm talking about. He said, because I will not appoint him an elder if he's not being uh, or or able to serve in
1: in a higher calling above reproach. That's fabulous. Love that.
0: So it goes on, uh, you know, elders and and deacons serving in many churches, yet beyond the knowledge hidden in the mind of God and the individual in question, from all uh, human observation, we must say that these are Christians spoke of in Hebrews 6, 4 and 5. A good example of this is Demas. Let's read this and we'll close. Paul warmly greeted other Christians on his behalf. This is Demas. Demas is called a fellow worker with Paul in Philemon verse 24. Yet, Paul condemned Demas at least hinting of his apostasy. So taking all that together, we see that it is possible to display some fruit or spiritual growth, then die spiritually. Knowing that the soil of the heart was never right. Mark 16, 4. I'm at Mark 16, 4, 16, and 9. We'll close with this. The seed on the rocky soil, and here's what helped make sense of this for me. Okay? Remember, Jesus told a parable of the seed being cast? And he remember he told what each thing, each one did. And so this this helped me so much. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message. They are enlightened, they hear about it. They, they taste it, they see it, and, you know, they, they've heard it. Represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. They're all over it. They're all over it. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing. God's word. You want evidence in your life? Here again, we ain't talking about anybody else. We ain't talking about anybody else. Talking about you, talking about me in front of the mirror of God. You want evidence that that I belong to God? Do we flee during persecution? Not that we've experienced any great persecution. Do we do we flee during problems? Do we flee when the conversation gets too intense? Do we flee when something is, uh, you know, just doesn't look right? Or, I mean, do, do we flee at the least little flicker of inconvenience or uh, some kind of struggle? Do, do we flee? Because I believe this you can cry, Holy Savior, Almighty God, Jesus is my King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And what tests that? Is the deep waters of struggle, the deep waters of pain, the deep waters of persecution. That's what tests that. So, just again, looking at you, looking at you, looking at me in the mirror of Scripture, is that what happens? Have you ever been in a conversation that you've, like, I have? You've been talking like for three minutes um, and you, like, I have no idea
1: how to address this. God says, I do. Just address it. So as lovingly and compassionately as
0: you can, you begin to address it. Um, I admire, i got another friend that, um, actually this is the same guy, but we'll be talking with somebody who, uh, he'll ask, you know, what's your relationship with God? And, you know, you get the same answers every time. I go to church occasionally. You know, I've read my Bible before. You've read your Bible before. That's a good one. Um, or I do this or I do that. And, and he'll just say, no, I'm asking you what your relationship with God is like. Not the things you do. Not the things that you can, you know, put a front up so you look like you have a relationship with God. What? Just, just I, ain't, I ain't asking you to give me a picture. I'm asking you to tell me What's your relationship like? And the only way I can you know, tell you this is I got a relationship with my wife. Now, y'all know, all know my wife. Her name is Cindy. She's like gorgeous, beautiful. And, and, but, but if you wanted me to tell you what my relationship is like with my wife, I would die for her.
1: Okay? I would give my life for her. Do we have it all perfected? She sure doesn't.
0: Um. I'm I'm just messing. I'm just messing. Okay, no, we do not. No, we do not. I'm, I'm thankful that she's stuck with me for 36 years, and I'm tell you what, if there's evidence that there is a God, for her sticking with me 36 years, there is God. God exists. That took strength. I know she prays for me, so my relationship with my wife will get better, but it isn't perfected yet. I know my wife. I can tell you what she's like in the mornings. You don't speak to her. You don't say nothing. She'll hit you with a curling iron. I mean, you don't do it. So I know that I got to wait till like, I'll tell her, she, I love her on the way out the door, but I'll call her sometime like around 10 o'clock. She's, she's getting woke up. You know, I am awake like at 4.30, wide open as I am right now. Yes, I love the beginning of the day best part of the day. Yeah. So what's your relationship like
1: with God? Do you love Him? Do you know Him? Those are questions that have to be weighed out with Scripture,
0: just you and God with His Word. These folks, you know, as I was reading through and these folks, you They were enlightened, and yet they're in danger of falling away. Um, It's horrible. And I know people who... uh, I know I should have been ended 20 minutes ago, but here we go. Previous church I was part of. There was a guy that would come on Sundays and he he'd be happy one Sunday and then he'd be gloom and doom and and then you know, oh woe unto me and you know, you just wanna slap those people, you know, and, and so they come in and he's kind of back and forth bouncing up and down. So um one Sunday after well, church back in the day they gave altar calls like every every sunday, okay, and so this this dude goes down and uh kneels and preacher talks with him and talks you know prays with him and and all this stuff, and so after service, I was talking with him and uh and he, he literally tells me he said
1: that was his sixth time getting saved really i one time took it
0: i mean one time was good for me. God saved me once, and He's never
1: had to save me again. So basically, what you're saying is, God doesn't do a really good job on some people. God saved me. If God has saved you, then, then you are saved.
0: And we don't have to put up a facade. Um, I think one of the greatest compliments I've ever had was I preached at a church one time, and I told them, from the get-go. I'm not professional. I don't know many big words. Uh, you know, I'm just going to tell you what God's laid on my heart. So I did. And I mumbled and bumbled like every Sunday. I, I mumbled and bumbled through it, what God had done with me and in it and through it and, and all of that. And, and the guy comes up afterwards. He said, that's the most honest, transparent message I've ever heard.
1: He said, you're a screw-up. <laughs> yes, I am. That God saved. That's right. And we all
0: say, praise be to God. Praise be to God. God's got more work to do on me yet. And this is what I know about you. He's got more to do on you. He ain't done. Praise God. He's not done. So we'll pick up there next week. Um, I'm excited. I, uh, I asked God if he would just say what he needed to say, and I feel like he did and um, and I praise Him for that. So before I say anything else and screw it up, let's pray. Father God, I thank You so much for Your Word. I thank You for Your truth. Lord, I thank You for the eye-opening things that You put in Your Word, God. So many times we we can feel like we got it together, that we're all there, that that we have figured it out at least a 92, 3, 4, percent we we've we've got it and then again we read something like this and you read of some people and and your words are, are telling us that they were enlightened and they thought and they you know drew close, and then it's like the parable you know you th- The the sower throwed the seed out on the ground, and they picked it up and received it with joy. And as soon as persecution came, they fell away. God, what the frightening thing is,
1: is that we take things so lightly sometimes that we, we forget who you are. And God, we conjure
0: up this thing in our life to make us feel good. My prayer
1: is this, Father, that you will break in us everything
0: that has to be, that must be broken. God, that we will pray and communicate. We will read, we will study, we will draw close to know what we need to repent of, what we need to give you hand to you
1: cause God you're working on us day in and day out help us not to be satisfied about where we are help us to be satisfied in you
0: meaning father that we will praise you for where you have brought us and we will praise you for knowing that you're going to take us on farther God help us to be
1: God, help us to hear You. God, help us to know that You are
0: building something beautiful. You are building something glorious out of the life that You have given us. All for Your glory and for Your honor. God, thank You for changing life. Thank You for changing me. Thank You for changing those in this place that have been changed and continuing to do so. God, praise be to Your name. We love You. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.